0: This is Laura Deirdo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Gayla Harvey, Vice President of Payer Strategy at WakeMed Health and Hospital System. Gayla, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much, Laura.
0: Now, before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background?
1: Sure, happy to. My career has been totally in healthcare finance. Um, also, though, had... Uh, Done some work in strategic planning, business development, revenue cycle, and almost for my entire career, I've um, spent in managed care contracting. And I've worked from the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to Cincinnati, Ohio markets, to Dallas, Texas, to Nashville, Tennessee, and now in Raleigh, North Carolina, as the vice president of payer strategy for WakeMed. During my 30 plus Year career, I have primarily worked on the provider side for large integrated health systems, but also a few years for major payers in managed care contracting. I retired early in 2018 and was profoundly bored. <laughs> so I asked myself what I wanted to do. And the answer was to go to work for a healthcare system where I can make a difference focused on managed care contracting, which is where I always felt I had made a difference before. And WakeMet and I connected, and it's a great company to work with. It has a storied history in the Raleigh area, and every day I feel needed and appreciated.
0: Gayla, that's fascinating to hear that you actually retired and then came back because you had such a passion for um, what you were doing in managed care and really wanted to help the healthcare organization and health system. So um, that's just truly interesting and and great to hear. When you think about where we're at today, what are some of your key focus
1: areas for the second half of 2022? Well, several things come to mind. Um, The first thing, just to survive. Um, the managed care environment is very challenging, um, not just when payer negotiations are occurring, but really on a daily basis now, um, it's just trying to stay ahead of the curve with payers' changes, you know, with the um, issues that we're having with patients trying to recover from COVID, not just uh, physically, but financially, and just the ongoing um, cost inflation that my hospital system has that, you know, we're trying to overcome in both. Uh, payer negotiations, but also in cost reduction. So um, the second half is uh, hopefully moving from survival to what they call thrival, but it is really a very tough and challenging environment, especially in managed care. But move to what my key uh, focuses are, a couple of things, like I said, come to mind. First of all, I want to continue to work closely with the revenue cycle and case management departments at WakeMed to reduce denials and improve our payer contract performance. Um, What I do is not really value-based. We have a separate ACO at WakeMed that handles the value-based contracting. So I get to focus on the traditional fee-for-service, you know, what I call the bread and butter business for hospitals and physicians. And I have worked in revenue cycle roles for over 15 years. And I really like to develop synergies between managed care revenue cycle and the case management department. And you have to have those synergies, obviously, in order to work together to minimize denials. Um, I've really drilled down into our case management function at WakeMed and identified some issues that we're collaborating more on with managed care. And I'm getting more involved in issues that they have with payers, namely medical necessity denials. So I think that's going well, and we are really um, solidifying a, a better working relationship and certainly better communication about what the payer requirements are, and if they're not reasonable, how managed care needs to work to change those. So I really think from managed care perspective, I have to have a very hands-on approach, not just with the revenue cycle but also with the case management department and I'm really um, very satisfied so far with the work we're doing to build that relationship. The second focus that I have at WakeMed is we have constantly growing and expanding our services. Growth in ambulatory locations that we're opening, um, hiring new physicians, uh, specialists, and primary care to add to our network, um, and adding new services. Some pretty significant service additions are underway now that all of those changes, growth, expansion, create a need to make, you know, frequent changes and additions to the payer contracts, even when you're not in a negotiation cycle. Um, WakeMed, we recently announced that we had applied to North Carolina's state certificate of need board to start up a comprehensive behavioral health division, including an inpatient behavioral health hospital. So... We're already a well diversified system with two acute hospitals, one being one other quaternary and other components of our integrated delivery system. But we now are going to go um, full force into this new behavioral health service line, including inpatient care. And that's really exciting. Um, managed care is really going to have an integral role in making sure the launch of those services, if they're approved at the state level, will be successful. So also offering a new medical oncology service line this year um, out with outpatient uh, medical oncology. We haven't offered that before, um, but that's, again, another big um, challenge for the managed care department, um, but also demonstrates how um, integral we are to the successful launch of any new program and service because literally, you know, you got to have payer contracts, right, so you can see their patients and bill for your services. So following the first and second focus, let's say my third uh, focus would be to address issues that we're having with our new Medicaid contracts. Um, About a year ago, North Carolina implemented Medicaid managed care, and we were um, selective in um, not signing all five contracts because we would only sign contracts where we had been able to negotiate reasonable terms with the Medicaid plans. We thought our contracts were pretty tight in terms of the payer performance and compliance. However, we've experienced higher than acceptable rate of denials and slower payment. Um, This is happening across the state of North Carolina and it's very public because the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services publishes a scorecard on the Medicaid plans and the rate of denials and so forth. So we know that our problem really isn't even any worse than what other North Carolina hospitals are experiencing, but it's very bad, especially coming at a very bad time where financially, you know, we're still reeling and recovering from the impact of COVID. So that's a big challenge and focus I have in the next six months is Reevaluate those contracts, and we're expecting to make some changes in the next few months. So those are the top three, just to repeat, developing stronger, deeper working relationships with revenue cycle and case management to improve the payer contract performance and reduce denials. Number two was literally trying to keep up with WakeMed's amazing growth and expansion, new service offerings that have to have payer contract terms added in. Addressing the payer issues that we're having with the new North Carolina Medicaid plan.
0: Absolutely, that's really fascinating to hear about. You know, and it sounds like there's definitely uh, no shortage of uh, of things to really be focused on and, and thinking about. And it's great to hear that Wake Med has had such um, important growth, the new service lines, adding physicians, the ambulatory care, as well as the behavioral health services. I know is such an important thing to be able to do today. And when you think about, you know, balancing some of those traditional contracts that you've working on and services that you've had for a while, and then adding some of these new ones, what does that look like when you're connecting with the, the pairs payers and really trying to figure out um, what will make the most sense for the health system and adding those in? Is that something that is helpful to you, or you know, do you really um, go into those conversations? How do you arm yourself in the best way possible to um, really just make sure that um, you're getting what the health system needs in order to uh, build out those programs and be successful?
1: Yeah, well, that's a very good question, and things have really changed for that kind of answer in uh, just the last few months actually because of with the um, new focus on price transparency and the CMS requirements that payers post uh, rates that they're paying um, to hospitals. um, We actually have some new data and insight using the information that's on the payer websites um, makes our negotiation, um, I guess, more facilitated to know that uh, for a service that a major payer already has contracts with other health systems in our market we can go on the payer website and see what the rates are that they're paying that system and while we are the smallest major health system in that market we're growing rapidly we want to continue to be a value play for the payers but being a value play doesn't mean that we can accept a significant differential in what we're paid compared to what they're paying in the market. So we now have new data available when we're adding new services and even when we're negotiating um, existing contracts to try to go back and see, okay, what would a market competitive rate be instead of just guessing like we had to do before, just starting from a certain threshold and knowing It was probably going to be negotiated down. Um, We have much better data now under the CMS required price transparency postings that the payers have to provide as of July 1st.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And it's just so interesting to think about how some of those transparency rules and regulations can really make a difference um, into the day-to-day processes and, and you know how much closer or further away they're getting from the, the goal stated <laughs> um, when making those changes. So um, thanks for going through that with us. Now, when you look ahead in, in some of these top priorities, what roadblocks do you anticipate over the next two to three years or so?
1: And how are you preparing for them? Well, it's always a point of um, kind of contention maybe with when, you know, you're asking for rate increases. And in recent years, um, the ability to negotiate positive rate increases had had really been um, really reduced uh, because most of the payers want all of a potential cost increase from their perspective to be based on um, some value added. You know, by the hospital or its integrated hospital physician network. And while I'm always a fan of the value based contracts and actually, you know, started doing value based contracting over 10 years ago when the Affordable Care Act was passed, we know that probably 95 to 96% of the revenue that's generated from any given payer contract is still the fee for service. Um, the Raleigh, North Carolina area isn't as sophisticated as some other markets like the West Coast and Northeast that have risk based contracts in place that have really, you know, replaced fee for service contracts. It is still in the Raleigh and even broadly North Carolina market, a fee for service market. And again, um, years past we were very challenged in trying to negotiate even very, very small rate increases, which Um, now isn't even the starting point of a discussion because of the COVID um, impact to our cost and what we call COVID inflation. um, We're having conversations with payers where we really need to go back to the days of much higher rate increases um, than what they want to get. We're documenting 20 plus percentage increases in our salary costs because of the cost that we've been bearing for Couple of years since COVID started with uh, paying travel nurses, you know, the much higher rates that we have to pay to nursing agencies for these uh, part time staffing. And consequently, when you're paying nurses more, you really have to keep everybody happy. So our whole salary inflation um, has really hit us hard this year. We're continuing to experience supply chain inflation too. So a lot of this inflation, even though COVID has now moved into kind of a different cycle, right? Um, A lot of this inflation has not gone away and will not go away for some time, if ever. So we're really trying to get payers to understand sort of the um, dilemma that we're facing financially and then looking at their quarterly earnings and saying, your earnings just keep going up exponentially and now we're losing money. Um, at WakeMed for the first time in probably i don 't know fifty years, so we've got to rebalance how the money is distributed and it starts with payer negotiations frankly, and we're starting from behind kind of a, a a wall of for years and years we didn't get much, therefore we didn't expect much, and now we have to change obviously our expectations and we're asking for much more and it really is a Shouldn't be a shock to the payers, but it's it's definitely not something that they act like they were prepared for. Absolutely,
0: yeah. That that's just a such a challenging position to be in, and definitely, you know, uh, is um, something that I know a lot of healthcare organizations are dealing with and trying to understand the financials of what they're looking at today and what things will likely be like in the future without you know, the certainty of what the playbook is going to be um, with healthcare organizations and with the economy, especially, um, which is just such a challenge. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about some of those challenges and gone in depth on that. And I wanted to ask before we wrap up our conversation as well, what are you most excited about right now?
1: Well, the price transparency changes that we've seen uh, occur, not on the payer side, but on our side too, you know, beginning January 1st, we had to start posting more detailed information about our prices. On January 1st of 2021, we had to post shoppable rate information. That was a published list from CMS of procedures that we posted. But this past January 1st, when the No Surprises Act went into effect, we had to start providing more information to patients in terms of estimates of what they would be paying out of pocket. And so I think that price transparency, while initially when it came out in 2021, really didn't seem to make much of a difference to mem- patients in terms of them contacting us, requesting information. Um, but now it will be. We're starting to see some really significant changes with it. And we're seeing more patients pay attention to the estimates that we're providing. Um, We're glad to see federal guidelines, too, on out-of-network billing guidelines because we do know there are some providers who've taken advantage of of out-of-network claims billing, and you've read about them before. They're primarily air ambulance companies and some degree hospital-based physicians. But now with these new guidelines, patients won't get surprise bills um, anymore from out-of-network providers, they'll know more upfront if it's not an emergency case. Um, they'll know more front, and if it is an emergency case, they'll be treated fairly, reasonably. You know, like in-network patients would be treated. So, I think that um, it's a great um, change to have happening in our uh, industry with the whole um, movement, further evolution of price transparency. So, I'm also most excited right now about WakeMed's expansion into new services and adding more facilities, new service lines, especially behavioral health. Um, you mentioned before, desperately needed everywhere, right? Um, certainly, very needed in our market. Um, it's going to be very challenging for our managed care department to make the contracts support um, to the level they should these new services, but it's still great to be in a system that's expanding services, and particularly one with behavioral health, because it's not a moneymaker, right? But it's just uh, further proof that WakeMed does what's right, you know, for its community and for its patients. And that's a really exciting place to be.
0: Absolutely. Gila. thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really fun conversation to have, and
1: I look forward to connecting with you again soon. I've really appreciated it too, Laura. Thanks for your time today, and I look forward to reading more about managed care and payer discussions in uh, Becker's review.